Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we explore the new Overwatch crossplay announcement and the first homestand of the season. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the gameplay episode for this week of the Believe in Overwatch podcast. This is week number nine, eight, I believe. This was week number eight. Um, so we're coming down to the end of the June joust. Next week is going to be the actual tournament. Um it, it doesn't seem like it's been eight weeks. I, I keep saying this every single time we like take stock of, of where we are in the season, Kevin, but it feels like it just, I don't know if it's Corona. I don't know if it's just as we get older, our perception of time just zooms past, but like, it doesn't ever seem like we, we are where we should be. Or we should be where we are in, in the season. Like it, it feels like we're just zooming through it. We're, we're, we're surprisingly quick with these it feels like we usually when we watch the overwatch league we have time to like sit down and understand okay how do these teams match up how do they work but now it's just like play four games how'd you do welcome to the welcome to the end of the month tournament like go go and go to hawaii like that that's how it is um but honestly it's very interesting to know how this plays out really um i'm just I, I feel like it's very it's very expedited but at the same time like we have to do what we have to do in order to keep the the format fresh you know mm -hmm. art 19 reset our password so i have to reset it anyway um, i was trying to look up um our viewership and uh, our stats for this the, the most recent stuff because I was looking at it one time and under under the, the countries that listen to us, I someone people were listening from Djibouti. Which I never would have expected. Hello to Djibouti. Hello. Hi. Sup. <laughs> anyway, gameplay wise, how have you been, Kevin? How has been playing Overwatch with your friends and, and, and other games you're working on and streaming and things? Yeah, so streaming wise, it's been um it's been pretty fun. We streamed Overwatch last night. Uh, I played with my old crew. Um, and yeah, we're still, we may not have the mechanical sharpness. Like I know mentally, like I'm becoming a boomer, like mentally. Um, but there are moments where we, because we've played as a team together, we're so used to the way how we interact and work that we're playing probably at like a solid, like B team collegiate level still. Um, where we're still making calls, we're, we're doing like um, proper comms, figuring out like where things are, ult tracking, and I'm like, come on, bro, like this is bringing me back. It essentially it dropped, you know, three years of my life, um, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, okay, yeah, I feel I feel young again. I can murder people in Overwatch, <laughs> and I can't do anything about it. I don't feel like a I'll feel like an old fart. Like I can actually fight well. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'm excited to go and play more uh, with my friends if they decide to hop back on. But um, the games are 
a lot more it's a lot different once you start getting teams together and start making comms um but once you start getting in that flow you can't you can't erase that that is something that's like stuck in you 100 percent of the time uh what about you matt how have your games been um i don't know why but i just keep getting i keep getting kicked out of my games there's the internet's either really bad i think it's definitely the internet because it's not just my system that's doing it and then i've had my teammates over the um the the last couple of weeks say yeah it's like that i don't know if you have it on pc but it's like the red disconnect symbol yeah. just keeps coming in um i don't know if it's a playstation thing i don't know if it's my internet thing i don't know if everyone on my team just has really bad internet and happens to have the same issues at the same time coincidentally but that's not been fun but um i still was able to get the the hammond skin so i'm okay there um but aside from that i've been trying to play i've been i don't have time just because i've been really busy the last couple of days but i've been playing part of the um the last of the tomb raider games so hmm. just adventuring in in the jungle getting attacked by uh, jaguars and whatnot um because i'm trying to beat that so i can clear space on my playstation to play Vis- resident evil village so that's where i'm at yeah i i have another game lined up i i think i mentioned it um but i'm playing i'm gonna be playing later alligator uh coming up pretty soon but it's uh cartoon crocodiles uh cartoon crocodiles and alligators but it's also a murder mystery uh crime detective game so mm. it, it's a really interesting art style and the animation got me into it at first but people are telling me from my stream they're like they they like watching me play puzzle games because i'm slow brained um <laughs> wow. but they also like everything else that that goes about it so um we'll, we'll see we'll see how it looks where do you find all of these these indie games um i i just sit on like steam and i'll take a day or two to just like go into the ones that are under like up and coming or um that are still in like a beta phase and i will look through them and i'll be like okay this looks interesting this looks like something i would play uh this looks not cool for me but maybe for someone else um and yeah, I just scroll through all of these like in beta games. And if I see something that I'm like, oh yeah, that, that looks like fun. Um, I will add it to my wish list. And then, uh, you know, if a, if a paycheck rolls in from, from my other job, or if I, if I, a friend happens to be looking at my wish list and is like, oh, I will get you this. Uh, I, I am greatly appreciative of that. Um, but yeah, there there have been some games that come from there. Like the first one that I got was um when Slay the Spire was still in beta. That's like still one of my favorite games. Um but Slay the Spire is like a card game, but you like ascend higher and higher and you build a deck of cards and then you know, you keep using that deck over and over again in order to to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um so it was really interesting to see like that game start off as like oh you only have two characters like but the gameplay works and then they started adding more cards and then they're like we're gonna add more characters and more bosses make the games harder and i'm like okay so 
it was not easy, but it's definitely fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was really cool to watch it grow from beta. So definitely if a game catches your attention in beta, like maybe it, it's good to invest in it. You might like it. I know my siblings have been like very excited about the re-release and remaster of Diamond and Pearl. Yes, uh, I, I am also excited for that. But uh, I come from the competitive half of it um, where we have to decide where where do we go from here the big one is um because you know sword and shield has like a lot of pokemon in it right mm-hmm. um when diamond and pearls released the the first question that we had was are we moving over to the diamond and pearl remakes for competitive right um right and then if it's a pure one-to-one remake will we get more than one fire pokemon more than two fire Pokemon, technically speaking. Um, in the original Sinnoh games, by the way, the the only two fire Pokemon that you can get in the entire game were before before the Elite Four. Before the Elite Four were Infernape, the Infernape line with you know Chimchar, Monferno, Infernape, and the Rabidash line with just Ponyta and Rabidash. Right? Really, that was it. Like those are the only fire type Pokemon in the game, and so. If you didn't start out with Infernape, you didn't have a fire type until you caught a Ponyta and raced it. Um, there was a stupid amount of water Pokemon, which is fine. Um, I like Piplup, um, but my first starter was Turtwig. I'm a weird, I'm a weird dude. Um, but <laughs> that's the, what my sister's gonna go for the Turtwig one. Yeah, I I love all of them, but like Turtwig just has like Torterra was just like a spirit animal for me, um, mm-hmm. but competitively i want to i want to run empoleon um but though yeah the first the first question was like are we moving over to diamond and pearl and if so um how will we determine like competitive wise what pokemon are allowed right um because eventually like when they do you know open decks um we could start moving over sword and shield pokemon over down there and then it's like will we have dynamax available too it's just like a whole bunch of just questions of things or will we just say like okay diamond and pearl remakes are available we add the Sinnoh decks to sword and shield um and we can play competitive out of sword and shield but now we have access to the Sinnoh pokemon um it's just going to be really interesting to see what they do with it for sure um so let's get into the overwatch stuff um and and before we get into anything we actually were expecting to talk about i Mm-hmm. Out of all the teams to make me eat my words, like, you know how we keep saying, like, oh, there's no point in watching the stuff leading up to the knockout rounds because it doesn't matter anyway. It's just for record. You know how mm-hmm. I keep saying that? Yeah. Um, leave it to the team that I, I am, a, like, boycotting now, the LA Valiant, which are not the true LA team anymore, to make me eat my words because they took one map off the Philly Fusion and knocked them out of the runnings for the June Joust. Literally just one map. One map, and then now Philly is out. So, um, They played spoiler. <laughs> I, 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 I eat my words on that one. Um, so the, those leading up, the record does matter. Those ones leading up to it do count. Um, I'm not going to be watching them just because there's too much to watch. 
um mm-hmm. in in any one week when when it it's these tournament weekends so i'm still just going to be focusing on the that last sunday when it comes to knockouts but like i take it back those matches do count they do matter they're important in terms of standings obviously it's just a matter yeah. of uh how well do they perform you know for sure yeah that's that's more of a better way to talk about them um but okay so looking at the record for the weekend uh week eight so starting thursday the boston uprising lost two to three to the paris eternal and the dallas fuel took a three to win over to the florida mayhem on friday the gongjo charge lost 0 three to the fusion the Chengdu Hunters lost three to two or two to three to the Seoul Dynasty. The Valiant lost 0-3 to the Spark. Um, the Uprising lost one to three to the Gladiators, and the San Francisco Shock won 3-0 over the Titans. And finally, Florida Mayhem lost 0-3 to the Washington Justice. Now moving Saturday, here is that knockout match with the Valiant with the Fusion one to three. Fusion won it, but got knocked out of the tournament. Uh, the Gongzhou Charge lost 0-3 to the Seoul Dynasty. The Chengdu Hunters lost 1-3 to the Spark. The Paris Eternal lost 1-3 to the Gladiators. The Vancouver Titans lost 0-3 to the Fuel. And the Shock won 3-2 to the Justice. Now onto the knockouts. The San Francisco, or not the San Francisco Shock. Um, now onto the knockouts. The New York Excelsior beat the Hangzhou Spark 3-1. The Soul Dynasty lost 0-3 to the Dragons. The Fuel beat the Outlaws 3-0. The Uprising lost 0-3 to the Rain. The Fuel beat the Gladiators 3-1. And the Rain beat the Shock 3-0. So um, some of these were were expected. Others I felt were a little bit more unexpected. Like I didn't expect the New York Excelsior to be the team moving on. I didn't expect the Rain to beat the Shock. um, Mm -hmm. Even though like the shock had been not doing as well and the rain had been doing a little bit better than normal. So mm-hmm. moving into next week, the four teams that are moving on are the Shanghai dragons, the New York Excelsior, the Atlanta rain and the Dallas fuel. So um, those matches will be starting tomorrow, Thursday and be going all the way until Sunday. So um, just as a reminder, if you do watch an encore match, those do count for your Overwatch League tokens and with the uh, the Widowmaker skin and maybe just leave your, your computer on so you can get those those tokens and unlock that Widowmaker skin if you want it. Yeah, and just make sure that you, you can idle them. Just catch the games when you can and say hi to Artie for us when you guys are in chat. Okay, so I watched a couple of I watched a couple of the matches on Sunday. So looking at the NYXL versus the Spark match, um, this again, this was a three to one. I feel like this was this was difficult for me to compare to some of the other matches because in this match, the New York Excelsior were typically running an Arisa and either pairing it with a Diva or a Zarya. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at some of the other matches, like this was not. A strong pick at all it seemed like for a lot of the other matches the teams that were running like winston dives were a lot stronger um the reason being is that like they, these teams are playing at a faster pace and if you aren't 
able to get that slow build and set up with the Arisa if you're not able to like find a good position and post up it's a lot harder to run these comps but somehow like against the spark the nyxl were able to do it um the uh the spark won the first match and i think it was a um it, it was a more dominant hold for the spark there i think they did really well um they they had better engages and better cohesion with their alts but but the rest of the matches were just very very strongly in favor of the New York Excelsior, like especially when you have Feather on um, the Reaper and Flora using the Echo, they the, the amount of damage that they were pumping in was ridiculous. Like Architect, yes, had a good Reaper and he did get some, especially on Numbani. If you watch Numbani, um, the pushes that the uh, the Spark were getting were largely due to the cleanup kills from Architect on the Reaper using a Death Blossom. But aside from that, I feel like the the sturdiness of the tank line and the slower play actually worked for the New York XL where it didn't work for other teams running it. I I do not really know why that is. Um, I feel like the Spark were just playing a little bit more disorganized. A lot of the time, the Spark were trying to like draw focus or something or try to get some sideways flanks like if you look on especially again numbani is is a good map for this where um there there's a point where um mcd or yeah mcd is like trying to flank with the ana maybe get an, a bionade but he gets caught out and, and killed and very easily spotted at the beginning and that just literally kills any defense that the spark have because you're missing that utility with the ancinate or the sleep or the um, the nano boost and you're missing the healing that the on is providing. Meanwhile, the rest of the NYXL are just a full team pushing through. So um, I feel like the coordination for the NYXL is a lot stronger than it's been fairly recently. And I feel like the spark just were trying to play it a lot cheekier than they could afford to. So the NYXL move on to the finale of the APAC region and are in the June Joust. Yeah, sometimes it comes down to just how tight a team can play. Not necessarily the, um, not necessarily the lineup that works hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Like I, do, I do understand like you know running a rush and making the team like completely thrown off um, in that case. But sometimes like if a team has a certain thing in mind, like even. If it's an Arisa Diva or an Arisa Zarya, like there's a specific reason why they're they're trying to maybe put more damage on the board um, versus like trying to protect a backline in that fact. Um, like I, I feel like it's really weird, especially with the way how um, teams run Arisa. Um, it is pretty much just to prevent a dive and. Like if you see the the way how teams are trying to run, like run a push like that, it just doesn't necessarily work in their favor because of positioning. Like Arissa can pull you out of your full dive just because of halt, and a well timed halt can like eat up so much more time than than you think, and it's really fun, um, especially when you get a good pull or even if you get a pull that drops them into a well uh that that's 
that's the most like entertaining and most satisfying part is like so satisfying like you see a winston try to hop on a mercy and you pull him into the well and you're just like you don't have a jump you loser (laughs) like it's just too good yeah um so kevin you watched the shock matches this weekend correct yes so i actually watched the the prelim games too Mm -hmm. um and the one that i want to point out particularly from like not necessarily like the knockout rounds um but the rounds that you know the that led up to it was that washington game um they had a match against the washington justice um that really gave him a hard time. It was a 3-2. Um, and that was Saturday's match. And with this, it secured Shock's um, higher seed in the in the placement. But didn't necessarily, like, make it easy, you know, on them later. Because of you know, we, we kind of know how it played <laughs> out. Um, but the interesting thing that I saw was on, on this game... When they went to Escort, um, which is Rialto for, for this game, um, they the, the Shock have been playing a very specific like style here. And they'll bring in Super and they'll bring in Glister every single time that it's a it's an escort map um the season. Like they don't they don't change anything else throughout you know their control. Um, their hybrid, their two CP, but when they go to escort, it's always this setup. And um, at first, everybody was like, "Oh, super, super's in bench warmer. Oh, oh, they're giving him play time. He's gonna throw." But no, <laughs> he actually did okay on uh, on Saturday. Um, the the way how they how the shock end up playing this is they put a they put super on Arissa, which for the first part you're like. Uh, excuse me like why why would you do that right like you have smurf who has been doing excellent on like kind of made his name by playing arissa but they told him yo just focus on winston we'll we'll teach super how to play arissa well and so that's what they did and they were able to full hold and get the full push going for them but the thing that they do is if glister in my opinion is either hit or miss um and we, we see him hit here, which you he plays long range characters, so it's either the Ash or a Widow, and just plays from distant and just tries to you know find picks left and right. And if he happens to get the pick, it's it's really big. The rest of the team is able to collapse in and really win the fight at that point. But um, that is the X factor. It has to be Glister versus Decay uh, when you watch these fights. And on Rialto. Uh, Glister was playing at a very weird position. So on point two, um, when they were trying to push through, the the way how they defended, or it was on the other side. So the Shock were playing defense as the Washington Justice were trying to creep towards that second point, towards the second cap. Um, Glister's entire job, like he didn't hit anything. <laughs> like he was missing a lot. Um, his entire job was to make sure that Decay couldn't hit the rest of his team. And like what he would do is he would peek around a corner, take a like a wild shot that's not like would it would be relatively close, but like he would just like launch it in that general direction, right? And because of you know the the streak that follows a sniper, a sniper shot, 
Decay had to respect it. So he turns and he looks for he looks for Glister around the corner every single time. And he's not even trying to hit anyone. He's just he's just out there saying, Decay, look at me. Decay, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And, it's, and the funniest part is because they kept Decay like occupied, he couldn't lean damage in. Um, the rest of the team went essentially 5v5 and the shot came out on top and were able to full hold or able to hold them off right before they were about to cap point two. And then Glister, just to add insult to injury, at the very end of that did pick off Decay. So it was, it, it's just a distraction thing. Like it's, it's something that on paper as a, as a player, you're like, you would never as a coach say, Hey, miss your shots intentionally, like do that to mess with them. Um, but I feel like what they did there was, you know, literally a magic trick of just making decay look a different direction. Um, and because of that, they were able to cap Rialto and then end up getting Busan. Um, but it's really interesting to know that this team is all over the place, really. Uh, um, not only because it's a new team, it is a new team. And that's something that I'm, I'm going to discuss um, on the later match. But it is really interesting to watch this team and where they can go and especially now that we're getting into the summer showdown we'll see if they implement hero bands again and if that's gonna get super off the bench more uh we'll, we'll definitely see so how about the the one against the rain how did that play out okay so against the rain this is it, it looks really bad on paper <laughs> it it's a 3-0 and it's not it's not a pretty line obviously um I remember they played the first one and there's a meme going around with the San Francisco shock uh, organization inside the org where they're, they'll say, um, uh, s- screw control point. Like we lose it anyways. And so <laughs> they, they end up losing the first one on Nepal and it's a two Oh. And I felt like it was because they were playing um, too slow. They ended up getting hung up on occasion where they couldn't push through whichever way they wanted to initially start it. Um, and it didn't work out in their favor um, in that fact. So that that is something that I wanted to point out. Um, Pelican did an amazing job of just playing the Arissa and making everybody like scramble as much as possible. And they still had a very solid lineup, you know, Gator, Hawk, uh, Masa. Um, they're all working really well together. And Iris, they, they just have experience together and they feel it feels like a good team um and you know they did end up getting their way through here in a 3-0 fashion so they definitely deserved it but um yeah it was just really difficult for a striker to really get in the back without getting punished um and there's just a lot of things that went through there then when they went to Hanamura this is one where I was like okay they 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 brought in Kai um, for the rain, you know, they're, they're trained DPS player. And you would think that if they see Kai coming in, they would respond by bringing in a hit scan that can answer to him. Or like, even if it's like an impromptu call, bring in Glister um, in that fact to match it. But 
Kai just went on a rampage. Like they they did not let them play the game. Like the the rain were just out here picking off bodies left and right. And even if you they played like the echo to try to get in, the echo would get either picked off or dealt significant damage before they could even get to get to Kai in the back line. And they lost that fight quite handily. Like you would think that they would switch something up, maybe try something different, but it really didn't work out for them. Um, and then the last one, Hollywood, this is where they, you know, they, they went super glister again. Um, it was kind of a last, last ditch effort, but they knew that they had a longer, longer range fight in their favor. So they thought, okay, yeah, we could take on Kai. Um, it was a long, long run there, but um, the rain ended up capping, First, with time in the bank, and then, you know, the shock had to play um, literally defense for a draw on Hollywood, um, and they didn't get it. But the thing that I wanted to point out here is a lot of people, I feel like this comes with the shock name, but the the shock have been dominant, you know, in the last two Overwatch League series, or last two seasons. And everybody says, oh, shock fans, they're, they're you know, they're just winning all the time and it's like they're toxic towards them um a lot of people don't realize that this team is relatively fresh and new right there's a lot of players who are on this roster who are brand new to this team they don't know how this squad works or operates um like yeah they have time to really get into it but it's going to take a lot of time to get back up to that championship caliber team again. Um, and the best thing, like your support, your tank line is pretty much the same, but the, the big, the big X factor is obviously FD God um, being a different mentality than moth in that fact, like moth is a lot more conservative and an, and an IGL that plays at a certain speed um, that works well with violet. But now they have to play with FD God whose speed is like crazy out there. Um, so it's a different mentality there. But the main one that I wanted to point out is, you know, the, the DPS line. Um, a lot of people are like, well, the shocker, the shocker washed up. Like this team is scuffed. Like, where are you now? Shock fans. You, you guys are terrible. And I'm like, you have to consider these guys are fresh. They're going to take time, but I trust the shock organization to really figure out how they're going to utilize their players um the big one obviously like glister i feel like is he's clutch when he hits his shots but when he doesn't it just becomes like he it, it's tough for the team to really get in there um would i trade glister back to get ons um i don't i don't think so i think you know ons wanted to move on um but ons was scary ons was one of those players like would we go back glister for architect i i don't think that would happen either um but i just feel like a lot of these players are still new to the organization including nero too like if you had the roster from last year with you know you had ons you had rascal you have tayo there somewhere um you have twilight you have moth right like those players have experience playing in the game um with this organization it it worked out for them, but now it's just a matter of getting all these new pieces up and 
up and coming pieces ready to go and not to like get bogged down by you know not making into the qualifiers i like that they they got into at least the knockout rounds so they're getting a taste of what it's like to have that level of pressure um i don't think that it's going to hurt them later down the line though i feel like um the team is definitely going to learn from these experiences and hopefully when they have a meta that can really favor them uh they they might be able to pull out a win here so for you is it a matter of time just a, just a matter of them getting used to each other and playing more cohesively over time that before the the shock become like a dominant team again yeah i feel like it's it's time cuz it's something that a lot of teams don't it, it's something that cannot be taught it is chemistry in game chemistry it is something that's um it's very different in that fact um like if you threw me as a player on a team with a bunch of random people who i didn't know um it's going to take a lot of time before i figure out your quirks and the way how you operate um and i feel like that's the same thing going for both nero and glister like they both played on organizations before they know how to work with a team it's they don't know how to work with this team yet um and it's going to take them a little bit of time to figure that out but i hope that you know the the shock organization doesn't just like straight up give up and start trading pieces left and right um they just need to i feel like they just need to coast through this and figure out how they want to improve as a team um besides obviously win your control point map first and then try to play catch up um i feel like that's the only other thing that they can really focus on is the team chemistry um but as for the atlanta rain i have to really give them props um by how well and organized they are like they they're finding things that shouldn't work well but you know like they they utilize the space that their dps make really well and it just makes it so much harder for the rest of the team to really get in there and win. So um really really good props to to the Atlanta Rain. Congrats on getting to Hawaii. Um and I, I want to see them I, I want to see them uh, go head to head. So we'll see how it looks later down the line. It's funny that you mentioned like how you for the shock you feel like playing longer is going to get them playing better. I feel like the opposite is, is coming true for the outlaws and that the longer they play, the longer weaknesses are exposed because like ostensibly like the shock and the outlaws are some of the top teams in the league right now. Like even though the shock are not doing the best, like they still are a very, very strong team. Um, but like these, these are two teams who despite that perceived strength and all their power rankings, which I still don't really trust. Um, they've they've not made it to the tournaments yet. They've not won these tournaments. They they've been knocked out. So I find that very interesting. And so I did watch the both of the Dallas Fuel games because I wanted to see how strong this team actually is. Can they can they do it again? Can they make this a second win in a row? And so far, it I have to tip my hat to them. They're doing fairly well. So Fuel versus Outlaws was a bit of a very disappointing 3-0. It wasn't it wasn't really a battle for Texas per se. It was kind of a uh, a warm up for Texas, shall we say? Um, the fuel like utterly stomped here. A, a lot of 
this is where a lot of my questions for that Arista composition came in because the entire time that the Dallas Fuel were running like a Winston and Diva dive, like they were they were getting the better of these fights. And no matter what happened, like the Houston Outlaws were not changing off of that that dive composition, which I found very strange because the whole reason why they picked up Dreamer was because of his Winston play and they needed someone who could play dive. Um, they just stuck him on Arisa the entire time, which I don't get it. Like he, sure he can play Arisa, but you also have Jongu who can play Arisa. And when you switched him out for Arisa last, last week, he did better at that role. Um, if currently that Arisa isn't working for you, why are you still brute force running it? Like it, it's not working. Um, why not just let Dreamer try the Winston? What What is preventing you from doing that when that's technically one of the two current metas that we have? It's the Arisa and the Winston. Use the Winston if the Arisa isn't working. Maybe you can get something better. Um, I'm guessing maybe the reason why they weren't running a dive, maybe because Dante didn't have the Tracer or the Sombra to play on, but like he still can use dive on Echo. Like You can just copy a tank. Um, another one of the really big issues that happened was Juby was pretty much just not allowed to play at all. Juby's playing the um, the Brigitte, and whenever uh, I believe it was Fielder who was playing, yeah, Fielder was playing the Moira. So whenever Fielder gets the Moira Coalescence, like immediately target focus down was Juby. Just Kamehameha into Juby's face, and Juby's gone. There's not enough healing for the Outlaws, and then once there's that opening, the Dallas Field pretty much had free reign to just dive in and wipe the floor with them. Um, the, this entire match was just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't worth the time that the Dallas fuel put in. Like they could have just rested instead of having to go through this slog fest. I'm hoping that once uh, the, the meta changes, and then we get the Reinhardt back, we get the uh, tracer and the Sombra back. Then maybe we'll see a stronger outlaws composition and, and better results from them. But currently right now in this meta, they're just, they performed well during the actual lead up to this, to the qual before the qualifiers, but in that knockout, it just, they didn't have it in them. So very, very sad. Feels, feel are just a, a coordinated, aggressive beast of a team. Yeah. And it, and it works out well for them because they're, they're just used to each other. And like, I do understand like the the reasoning behind forcing the Arisa here, like that that makes sense. But when you constantly get pushed in by the Reaper, Winston, and Diva, it makes it very difficult um, if you don't have positioning on a map. Um, it makes it very difficult for you to really capitalize on that. Um, and another thing that a lot of teams like when they watch the Overwatch League, right, and you see a Coalescence go through, a lot of teams are like, okay, back up, hide behind, cover. Coalescence is out, right? Um, a lot of teams, at least at this level, start looking at the Moira as a target instead of looking at looking and hiding from it. Um, the reason for that is, like, you can't fade. You cannot fade when you're in Coalescence, right? So... The, the reasoning behind that is to if we collapse on the the coalescence, uh, they can't fade so they can't run. So 
if you happen to get more damage in than they can out of their coalescence, you you win that fight. And um, yeah, we saw that happen on occasion. And so the last match was the Fuel versus the Gladiators, which uh, the Gladiators lost this three to one. But I will say, I think they put up a much more, um, a much stronger fight than the Outlaws did. Um, I believe that the Gladiators were ranked number one for this tournament and they got relatively trounced by the Fuel, but at least they, they gave, um, they gave close to as they gave some trouble to the fuel. It wasn't easy walking over them. Like it was with the outlaws, like on Oasis, um, they went to three points. There was a, um, they, they brought it to a hundred to 99 and they, they brought it to all the overtimes for the, the Oasis maps. So it was, it was a, a close to as even start to this matchup as you could possibly get. So um, strong start there after that, that win for the fuel you move on to Hanamura. And again, it was um, this was an, again, a very strong showing for the gladiators because you brought it to the second round of attack and defense. Um, the gladiators had a very, um, a very strong presence here, but the fuel, I think were just more efficient with their, their pushing in and attacking. Like um, if you look at the times that, that they had to cap it on e- on each point, um, their initial attacks like two minutes 48 seconds after the first point a take for fuel you left them with five minutes 48 seconds and again with the gladiators they capped it with three minutes and four seconds and still won with six minutes and 48 seconds to i mean they capped that with six minutes 48 seconds moving into point b um i i think it's just at this point even though the the uh, the gladiators are doing well I feel like it's it's a question of the pieces, right? Like the fuel have have this this monster of a team. They've got Sparkle, Doha, Fearless, Hanbin, Jexia, and Fielder. Like Fearless, I, I'm okay. I'm comfortable saying at this point that I guess Fe- I would consider Fearless probably the best tank in the league right now. Um, Fielder and Jexia do amazing in keeping their teams alive, and then just sparkle on the, the Reaper or the Genji or the Echo and then Doha running whatever the Reaper, the Genji, the Echo himself. Um, Cause they occasionally switch. There was also a lot of McCree play out of Doha, I believe. So with all those pieces together, I think that they're a lot stronger. Um, Bird ring, I think really was, was the shining grace for the gladiators. Like, Moth we know can play at a very good level because he's he's won with the um the San Francisco shock. Um Space also has been a very consistent tank so far. Kepster has done really good, especially with his Genji, but like I think the only player right now that's up to the level of the Gladi the fuel would be Bird Ring, and that's not enough to to sustain. Um the only map that the gladiators did get was hollywood um i think they were just like i said with the arista comp it's a lot better if you're able to hunker down and just find your good positioning and they did that they had a lot more cohesion and were able to build up their ults a lot faster so i think that's the that's why that they won hollywood and then on junker town um i was very impressed with um his 
with sparkles of doom fist in this like yeah <laughs> it's, oh my god did you see any of of the the sparkle doom fist yeah i was i i saw this part of, yeah, of so Dunker Town. like the gladiators are doing their best to like hunker down and just like go in as a unit but when you're bunched up and there's a doom fist coming in and just able to push you around into walls and get that extra damage it's not the best thing and when you're running shield and you're the doombus can just walk right through the shields i i mean you gotta find something to take care of him and even though like they were getting kills onto sparkle it wasn't until after he got at least one kill to trade you generally more so um this last map like the gladiators were not a pushover team um but they just they didn't have the tools to adapt like the fuel did it was it was a little bit of a slaughter it was fun to watch like i was i was thoroughly impressed with the gladiators but like the fuel are just a league of their own right now what what i saw here was like sparkle went into the locker room put on (laughs) put on his paris eternals like old jersey and walked back out mm-hmm. and we saw that doom fist again and i was like oh no like i have i'm having flashbacks of this man like slapping people into the ground and i'm like this this is the sparkle i remember like right he's going he's diving the back line to fight a torb while you guys are too busy like fighting elsewhere he's destroying your back line and you have no answer to it um and the only real answer the the gladiators we're supposed to have for this was the Arissa, and it's hard to deal with the front line with the shield right um you have to save your utility for the for the doom fist and if you're not back there dealing with the doom fist fast enough your team is gone um whether it's you know using halt to um to to drag doom fist back down to the ground or uh, not allow him to hit the uppercut or the or the punch that he wants, um, or even if it's the um, what is it? Or even if you're using the fortify to stop Doomfist from like pushing through you, it's hard. So yeah, the the main part of this was you have to look for as an Arissa, it's hard to keep all those pieces in mind and you have to save your utility for that moment Mm -hmm. um and if you don't have that in that moment you're you're essentially like gone your your team your backline is erased but yeah it it was really impressive to see sparkle pull that out again it was really funny because like at first when i saw it come through i was like "Uh oh like (laughs) the la does not expect this coming like at all and then they see it for the first time and they're like Oh, it's a Doomfist. We can deal with that. And then you start seeing, you know, your Brig gets erased. Your Torb gets erased. Your Reaper is nowhere close and is already dead in a wall, right? You're like, uh-oh. Like, I have no answer for this man um, mm-hmm. besides your Arissa. And if your DPS is already down and your Arissa can't deal with it, you're done. So, uh, yeah, I-, I hope to see a couple of these interesting extra picks come out from from the Fuel um, whether it was a desperation play or not, I don't think so. I think it was just like, let, let's uh, let's flex on these kids a little bit, uh, and throw them something like they 
you don't expect to see a Torb a lot, um, even though we have seen it get picked up on occasion. Um, but they were like, we'll hit you with the weird Torb card. We'll hit you with this fist. Um, and that's exactly what happened in the in this fight. The thing is, is like, if you're looking at what the the gladiators are running now, like theoretically, they should be able to combat and counter the Doompas. Like they're they're mm-hmm. running the Torbjorn, they're running the Arisa, and they're running the Brig. So like the Arisa has the um her fortify, so it's supposed to stop the push. Plus she can pull him out of position with her halt. The Brig's mm-hmm. got the stun and then the whip shot to also pull out of position. And then the Torb has like the auto aim from his turret. Mm-hmm. So theoretically this should have been able to stop sparkle but sparkle doesn't recognize the word stop yeah the sparkle is just pushing through people with his fist um his fist is going through people um (laughs) quite literally so yeah it's spooky you have to you have to watch for this guy and he's always like I feel like this is something that a lot of teams are going to be taking note of, though. They're they're going to be like, mm-hmm. okay, if there is change in elevation, we have to keep in mind the potential idea that uh, that this man can easily turn into Doomfist and make our lives absolute hell. Um, I do feel like this won't work on teams that um, are more inclined to run a McCree. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like if you don't make that change fast enough, like let's say if you're sitting on a Torvolt and you get slapped into a wall, yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure out whether or not it's worth it to keep the molten core or to deal with the doom fist. So yeah. it's things to keep in mind. I do respect the Torbjorn pick from the LA Gladiators. They did mm-hmm. make it work a couple times. Like it's like Hanamura with the double shields for a Torbjorn is not something that you would really expect to be able to push through a choke on attack, but like it worked. Yeah, it, Molten Core is very good for zoning. It is a better, in my opinion, it's a better placed, uh, what is it, Blizzard. It does the opposite of Blizzard, mm-hmm. um, where you can choose where it goes and it doesn't have to be in a circle. Yeah. Um, you, you just have a little bit more range. So, especially if they're caught in a choke, like, you know, the front part of Hanamura, you're able to just launch all your goo there they can't really do too much about it. <laughs> yeah. So that was it for for what we saw this week. Again, the next week's um, next week we're gonna see the NYXL, the rain, the fuel, and the dragons playing. So Thursday, the NYXL and the rain are gonna face off, and then the fuel and the dragons are gonna face off. Um, we have the encores on Friday, and then after that, losers brackets gonna face off, winners brackets gonna face off. We have another. Um, we're going to have another loser's bracket face off there. And then I believe the winner's bracket after that um, could be wrong. I don't have the bracket structure in front of me. Am I right, Kevin? Is that how it works? I'm pretty, it, I'm pretty sure it's the same way how it worked in the main melee. So yeah, it, it should be working out that way. Oh wait here. I can look at it now. So um NYXL and Rain are going to face off. The Fuel and the Dragons are going to face off on Thursday. So whoever loses there is going to drop down to the loser's bracket. Um, the winner's bracket is going to play on the 11th, and then both loser's bracket games are also going to play on the 11th, as well as the... The final. The final. Oh, they're all. That's all on the 11th. Wait, what? What? Yeah. So... So is 
if you're the losing team, you're playing. What happens on the twelfth? Because there's one yeah. match that's played on the twelfth. That should be the final match. Should be played on the twelfth. But I think. Wait, yeah. Their websites the, wrong. Their websites then. wrong. Their websites very wrong. Overwatch League. You you're making me sound like I don't know what I'm talking about on my own podcast. Like so, you, you need to fix your dates. Yeah. The so the, the way 12th how this is going to be the work. final. Yeah. Twelfth should be the final, not the eleventh. So it should go the the first match that we have is on the tenth, right? Which is the NYXL and the Rain, and then the Dallas Fuel and the Shanghai Dragons. Right. So those those two will happen. The winners bracket game will happen on the eleventh. The the one between the two winners and the one the first game between the two losers should happen that day. Then on the twelfth, it should be the the winner of the losers bracket first game and the loser of the winners bracket game go head to head, and then the final match. Okay. Um. So that should be the way how it's structured. Um. Overwatch League, please change your June eleventh on those those days to the June twelfth, please. Uh, so you don't. Yeah, I was your very audience. confused. And then there's going to be an encore on the Sunday on the 13th. So yeah, just in case the tournament will be done the on the 12th. Sunday is just for encore and for I guess people to travel back to where they were from. Yeah. All right. Uh, predictions, Kevin. Who do you think is taking this? I'm just going to put my money on the fuel. Fuel versus dragons is going to be the what I think is going to be the last game again. And I think the I think the fuel are going to take it just from what I've seen how dominant they've been yeah the fuel have been really strong like i mean they won the may melee they kind of know how this works um but yeah i feel like the fuel are still favored to win this um i wouldn't be surprised if the rain like surprise people again because they're mm-hmm. one of those teams that's like very dynamic in the way how they play um if you don't pay attention to the way how or like the options that they have you end up getting punished quite a lot so like the the fact that they have kai just sitting there like waiting while the rest of the team kind of does their own thing if you don't have a dedicated sniper or somebody who can deal with him um it's gonna open up a lot so i feel like that's gonna be interesting to see especially in this next upcoming uh in the june joust tournament here okay everybody well thank you for tuning into the gameplay section of this week's podcast. Um, again, if you haven't listened to the news section and also please especially listen to the, uh, the interview we did with Watchpoint pride, which I will publish as soon as believe gets me the audio files on that. Um, again, I had, I had a ton of fun doing that one. So please listen to it. Um, happy pride to everybody across the world. Um, and happy overwatch days to the non-LGBTQ plus community. So um, please tune in with us next week as always, and we will cover the actual tournament of the Dream Joust. So yeah, see you guys next week. Adios. Next week, we crown the winner of the June Joust and bring you more gaming and Overwatch news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com.
you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.